You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello. I'm Mike Duncan. Katie and Nathan asked me to let you know that they use strong language in this show. So if you don't like that, then this won't be the show for you. If you want to listen to a show where there's only a mild amount of foul language, but is still focused on history, you can always check me out at the Revolutions Podcast or my old show, The History of Rome. So, again, if you are in a position where you cannot do strong language, now is the time to bail. But if you're in a position where you can do strong language, then by all means, keep listening. Hi, this is Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queen's Podcast, the show about badass women in history. Y'all ready for this? Queens, 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 queens. <laughs> Eleanor of Aquitaine. Eleanor of Aquitaine. Part two. Part two. Part two. <laughs> it's fine. Katie's fine. looking fancy in her new glasses, y'all. I got new glasses because I am just, I've, I'm resigned to that I am elderly now. Yep, and she's and got I the need, tortoiseshell. like glasses. Anyway, so Eleanor of Aquitaine, part two. Because um, she's getting three parts, y'all. She's getting, I mean, how could you not? I know. <laughs> she could almost much. probably be four parts if we wanted if to. If we wanted to, like, dive into <laughs> a bunch of details. So, where did, whoa, whoa, I'm forgetting. Whoa, whoa, Katie. I'm forgetting one of the most important things. Booze. Nathan, what are we drinking? So, Nathan scored a sweet Thing of Bordeaux, because that's where our girl's from. It's a bottle, not just a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking it out of a dildo. So it's, <laughs> <laughs> so it's Chateau Chapelle de Eleanor, basically. Yeah! So it's like the Chapel of Eleanor. I yes. scored some badass Bordeaux. It's uh, Bordeaux Superior. Oh, so, so it's superior Superior So we're going to get it started. There we go. Get this party started, right? Who does not like a good Bordeaux? And if you don't like Bordeaux, then suck my big toe. Um, all red wine <laughs> tastes the same to me, which yeah. is delicious. So, so where did we leave off, Katie? Okay, so we left off. Eleanor, her husband Louis, was king of France, and um, he decided that he wanted an annulment. Um, about a year prior, Eleanor tried to get an annulment herself anyway, so she was. By no means brokenhearted. No, she was ready for this. Yes. They were third cousins once removed, and that really bummed Jesus out. <laughs> um, it's called um, consanguinuid. I can't say this fucking word. Consanguinuid. Say it for me. Consanguinity. Sure. Anyway, they were cousins, y'all. They were third cousins once removed, which makes Jesus cry. So the Pope was like... Um, even though he had denied their her, Eleanor's request for an annulment on the same grounds previously, 
now that it looked like Eleanor was never going to have a son, he was like, fucking fine. You're going to get a divorce. It's fine. (laughs) And um, Eleanor is happy. Louis happy with it, so... Nobody puts it. up a fight. No, They're no, all no. good. Yeah. So while they were waiting for all this legal BS to happen, um, these guys come through Paris, the Count of Anjou and his son, the Duke of Normandy. They had been involved in this long dispute with some other count or duke or some Which bullshit. we're not going to talk about. Yeah, so that, that is a rabbit hole that we don't want to go down right now. And it's not really that important. But the Count of Anjou was married to this woman who goes down in history known as Empress Maud. And we will definitely do an episode. Can you say that again? A definitely <laughs> do an episode on Empress Maud herself one day. But, okay, so long story short... Even though the Duke of Normandy, the student named Henry, wasn't the son of the King of England, he was going to be the next King of England. Wait, what? Okay. Empress Maud was the only living child of Henry I of England. Oh. When the first King Henry died on his deathbed, he made everyone swear that they would all make Maud their queen and she would be the leader. And they're like, yeah, totally, cool. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as Henry died... Fingers crossed. They crowned this dude named Stephen. Because he had a penis. Because he, he had a penis. <laughs> That's basically it. Um, it. That was his only qualification, <laughs> was being the next male relative. Yep. The closest person related to the previous king with a dick. So what do we know? Legitimate, because yeah. So what do we know about England? This started a whole bunch of fucking wars, y'all. So this started a period in time that goes down known as when Christ and his saints slept. (laughs) That's how bad the Civil War was. Jesus was sleepy. Like (laughs) Jesus and his saints were like, we're just gonna let y'all handle this. We're gonna take a quick. 30-year cat nap. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of bring an end to the warring, King Stephen agreed that Maud's son would be his heir when he died. So we're all caught up. Pretty much. And let's get back to Eleanor. So we really don't know what went down when the Count of Anjou and the Duke of Normandy were vi- were there visiting, but let's just basically sum it up and say that 18-year-old Duke of Normandy and the 29-year-old Eleanor must have made quite the impression on one another. Some people said, at this point, Eleanor actually had an affair with the Count of Anjou. I'm calling shit. I don't believe it for a hot second, but it's just because in France, she really wasn't... Well, in Paris, she really Mm. wasn't popular. And the Duke of Anjou, this guy named Geoffrey, who is often called Geoffrey Plantagenet. Maybe you've heard that name Uh. before. He was a player. He did very well. He was with the ladies. Super hot. He is said to have been so hot. And his son was said to have been very attractive as well, but just not as hot as his father. So since everyone already didn't have a great opinion of Ellie in Paris and um, the Duke of Anjou or the Count of Anjou would fuck anyone. <laughs> everyone was just like, they're having an affair. Clearly. Clearly, Clearly. they're doing it. They're putting eat eat eat. So that's fun with everybody except Empress Maud. Yeah, Uh, but she definitely at least had some kind of chemistry Eleanor did with him, and she stayed in touch with him for a while. With the Duke of Normandy, Henry. So So let's, let's like, bookmark that, push pin it. Put a pin in it, we'll come back to that. So about two years after they started working towards the annulment, it was finalized. Their daughters, Marie and Alice, were not considered bastards, which, double clap. (laughs) It's because even though they, their marriage was considered null and void, since they married in good faith, 
that's why their daughters got to remain legitimate, which doesn't make any sense to me because they were just as related <laughs> as the rest of them. And like they knew it's not like they got married and then did a genealogy test. And they're like, oh no, <laughs> we're a cousin. So whatever. Louis ended up getting custody of the two daughters and they really aren't mentioned much for the rest of like this whole thing that we're going to talk yeah. about. <laughs> Eleanor, Eleanor's, Eleanor's daughter's, all of them that she has don't really play a huge part in her life, no. sadly. And Eleanor got all of her lands back, and Louis had no claim to them, which was pretty much a punch in the gut to Louis. Because, I mean... She had huge tracts of land. Yeah, and she was <laughs> super Python fucking popular. So, yeah, I with, mean, her, with her people. Not with the Parisians. Yeah. So not with his people, but with her people, she was... Yeah, they loved her. So Eleanor's bags are packed and she's ready to go to Aquitaine. Yes. (laughs) And because even a former queen isn't safe from history being a bag of dicks, she was nearly kidnapped on her way back to Poitiers twice. (laughs) Not just once. Twice. Once (laughs) once by Henry, Duke of Normandy's brother, who I guess didn't... No one filled him in on what was to come, I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> she ended up, obviously, evading both kidnap attempts, or else we wouldn't have three episodes on her. <laughs> yeah. So, as soon as she gets home, she writes Henry, the Duke of Normandy, a letter, which basically just said, you up? <laughs> okay, not really, but no. she was like, hey, you really want to piss off my ex? Long story short, he was there a couple of month- months later, because traveling in the 12th century took <laughs> and they were married in a very small and private ceremony that, quote, lacked the pomp and ceremony seen fit for their status. She remarried eight weeks after her divorce. Wow. She's on the rebound, girl. Yep. And this was literally a slap in the face to Louis for, like, one of two reasons. Okay, two reasons. Can you imagine your ex getting married literally... Mary. Two months after you break up, like, so fuck like, up. It's like, oh, okay, there's obviously some overlap there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Since he was the Duke of Normandy and was almost definitely going to become King of England, that means they're going to own Aquitaine, Poitiers, Normandy, Anjou. If you look on a map, so there's England, and then also the Kings of England's were the Lords of Ireland as well. So you look at Ireland to the west which is like the most western point of Europe at this time, and then go all the way down to Aquitaine in southern France. That's all them. Holy that shit. That is so much fucking land. More than the king had at the yeah. time. So, I mean, that is like way literally... Way more than the king had. Double slap in the face. She pimp slapped him. Like. And also, another <laughs> slap in the face, Henry and Eleanor are even more closely related. <laughs> Than Henry and Louis, because Henry and Eleanor are third cousins, and Henry and Louis were third cousins once removed. So it was like... I just got an annulment based on that word that we both can't say. And, yeah, and they didn't ask, since she's the Duchess of Aquitaine and he's the Duke of Normandy. Those are both French holdings, so they are supposed to ask the king permission before getting married. Mm. And Did she? What do you think? No, she Ellie definitely got her online degree from Shady Lady University. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the new hubby. Um, Henry's great grandfather was the William the Conqueror, who and we discussed. We discussed quite a bit in depth in the Matilda Flanders. Yeah, episode. Maddie's Maddie's episode. Yeah, he was eleven years younger than his new bride. And he was the exact opposite of Louis. They could not be 
more different people. Um, he loved to fuck. He loved to fuck. He could fuck morning, day, and night. Which, sign me up. Um, <laughs> he already had at least two illegitimate children at the time. He loved to drink and party, loved to play sports and go hunting. And even though he wasn't the son of a king, he was raised to be a ruler. He was raised to be a ruler. Unlike Louis, who was raised to, to be, be a monk. A monk. <laughs> Empress Maud knew that she was like, all right, I might not get to be queen, even though it's my right, but my sons are going to... My sons are going to make their mark on this world. So mm-hmm. she raised her boys to be kings or dukes or like great leaders. Yeah. But he was a little bit like Louis in the fact that he did have a little bit of a temper. Um, Not burn down a church with thousands of people <laughs> in it temper. Every description we found of him basically describes him as like he could never stand still. He didn't still. like to sit still. He didn't no. like... Some people said he even ate his dinner standing up. Oh, wow. Like he just was very fidgety person, always on the go, always had to be occupied with something, which I get. I get like that sometimes too. Yeah. I like to have lots of projects going on. So, but um, I do sit down to eat. <laughs> <laughs> and I can be total... 100% sloth city. <laughs> yeah, sloth me. city, bitch, sloth, sloth city, bitch. Exactly. So unlike Eleanor, we actually have a pretty good description of what he looked like physically. We know he was a ginger with gray eyes, so sign Katie up. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like a ginger Brit. <laughs> like he was an average height. We also know... The description said, amongst tall men, he would not be considered short, and amongst short men, he would not be considered... Tall, and it was just like just say, just say he was an average. average. <laughs> <laughs> we do know that he had like he probably had a little bit of a beer gut, so he he was a little overweight. He had a tendency to be to put on weight easily, but not like the chroniclers were very quick to say not because he like overindulged. It was just like he just had a slow metabolism. And to combat that, maybe that's why he was always on his feet. Oh. Always on the go. You know, I do like a thick bitch. Yeah. (laughs) So, in 1152, Eleanor is now Duchess of Aquitaine and Normandy. These are, like, two super powerful duchies. And like we already said, they... Henry was no monk. (laughs) And... He liked to put his peen in her vajayjay. Pretty much about 11 months after they were married... They had a son. Oh my god! Can you imagine Louis? Louis would be fucking pissed. Yes, because it's like okay, my ex remarries immediately, takes all of this land, and has a son. The one thing she couldn't do in our fifteen years of marriage. Yeah, and remember, like way back in the day, they believed that it was the fault of the woman if she didn't have a son and yeah. only had girls. So in Louis's mind, she purposefully only had girls with him just to spite him. Because misogyny. God, we need a song out of that. So Louis takes an army to fight Henry because they're becoming super fucking powerful. And he's like, y'all didn't ask me if y'all could get married, so... And now you have a son to be your heir. This is fighting. Territory. Yeah. Long story short, Henry whoops some ass. So Louis goes back home with his tail between his legs. Henry is a... (laughs) That's another thing. Henry is a very capable army guy. I don't know. What's the (laughs) word I'm looking for? General? General? Like, Um, he understands war. He understands strategy. And um, I did go down a little bit of a rabbit hole about... Because he's got a lot of war in his life. 
what would take a normal army three days to get to a destination, Henry's would get there in a day and a half. Ooh, he's so, a pusher. He's so a pusher, he's Katie. Push, yeah. <laughs> he's fast. And so, um, and Louis, not so much. Yeah. Louis was never known for his strategery. It's <laughs> um, a technical term. It's a technical um, army term. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so in October 1154... The current king of England, Stephen, died. On a personal note, Stephen is one of my least favorite monarchs in the world ever. One, because he was two-faced. And two, because he was boring. Snooze fest. Because you can be two-faced and be interesting. And we still hate you. But you, if you're going to be boring on top of it, nothing. Womp womp. His yeah. wife was super interesting, though. And I'm sure she'll get her herself an episode one day but anyway the couple is hanging out in Poitiers with their baby and Eleanor is already five months preggers again again they've only and been married two years I know she is just like popping out baby she sees a penis and she's like oh I'm pregnant um and they ended up getting word please that never give anybody <laughs> the birds and the bees talk <laughs> <laughs> if you look at a penis you're gonna get pregnant um <laughs> wear your visors guys <laughs> anyway they get word that hey guess what you're the king of england now and you should probably hightail it over there because it's medieval times and someone's probably going to steal your crown if you don't get over there right now oh she's pouring her top it off eleanor top, bordeaux top, top it off all right oh. so they make their way to england and in December 1154, they were crowned King and Queen of England, which I would like to note. I've read that um, crossing the English Channel in December is, like, the worst time to try to do it. Uh, yeah. So they must have been very determined to be like, I know you're five months pregnant, but... Or seven months pregnant She was now. set, like, she was about to pop. <laughs> like, but... Like, it should have... It usually takes, like, half a day in those days to cross the English Channel, because that's not a huge... Yeah. Um, and it took them, like, two days. Oh, but it was still. I feel like it was not a fun. Day. Yeah, especially seven months pregnant. Mm -hmm. um, Seasickness. Anyway, it was still pretty new thing for a queen to be crowned alongside of the king, and it's only been a couple of generations since then that a queen was even a thing in England. Yeah, before then it was just before Matilda of Flanders. It was just um, the wife of the king. Yeah. So it's really cool that she was, like, formally crowned alongside of him. And Eleanor dressed as bougie as fucking possible. As we would expect. And she, I guess she saw what the bishops were going to wear for the coronation. She went, oh, no, 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 that won't work. And <laughs> she got them all new robes for the coronation. That, like, oh, my God, I love gold it. Gold on them and stuff like, like that. like, you have to match my outfit, bitch. They were not inheriting happy country yeah because remember like earlier that a lot of people called the previous king's time that period when christ and his saints slept um, so the mm. the subjects and the subjects of france didn't really feel loyal to henry either so this was going to be a bit of an uphill battle for them yeah and as king and queen of england they were very very popular England was, like, super stoked to have a non-disputed king. Oh, yeah. It was, like, it was, because back then, it wasn't commonplace all the time 
for there to be um, a peaceful transfer of power. Yeah. And so now there was an undisputed king. So it was like, you mean we're not going to have to kill each other? Oh my God, this is amazing. I can just go home and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can sleep like Christ and his saints. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. And so Henry was very popular. And on top of that, they were a very pretty couple to look at. Mm-hmm. They were a very powerful couple. And so it gave the people of England this sense of like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? Security, I guess? Yeah. Like no one's... Somebody would have to be pretty fucking ballsy to come in and try to fight this These two queen. people. Yes, yeah, exactly. exactly. So in February 1155, she gives, like, shortly after the coronation, yeah. she gives birth to baby number two. And guess what? Baby number two is her second son, Henry. So in less than two years, she's got a fucking heir and a spare. Like Which, by queen standards... That the, she has fulfilled her duties in the first two years. Yeah, Catherine of Aragon would be so jealous. Uh, <laughs> I'm many a queen. Would be so, so jealous. jealous. I think we forgot to mention the first one's name was William. Yes. And this one is Henry. Because they're not creative with names. <laughs> As king, Henry was actually concerned in bringing England together. And he did a lot to do better for the country. He, he really, really He really did. Like, they, um... A good example is that before Henry came to be king, um, they didn't have trial and jury and, like, a jury of your peers and stuff like that. If you were accused of a crime, they had trial either, like, we would see in Game of Thrones, trial by combat. Yeah. Um, or they would have trial by ordeal, which I know we've discussed in one of these episodes before, but I can't remember which one. But it would be like, um, okay, if you are, we're going to throw you in the water with weights on your ankles. If you drowned, oh, you were innocent. If you float to the top, you're a witch, you're guilty. And so you get killed either way. <laughs> yeah. And so Henry came in and went, well, no, this is stupid. <laughs> we're going to have a judge and a jury. And I mean, that's still, that's still going on in all of Western civilization today. And it still kind of goes on in the United States as well. Like, we have trial by jury. Yeah, no, it was, I mean, he didn't come up with it, but he was the person to implement it in England. So, and that's huge. Yes. That's a really big deal. He really wasn't just there to, like, I'm here to get your taxes. You know, he really did want to be a good king. So Eleanor's role as Queen of England was way different than it was in France. Mm -hmm. Firstly, as we said, she had a husband that fucked her, finally. So she was having babies on babies on babies. babies 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 babies. And in 1156, she had her first daughter with Henry Matilda, because again, not creative with names. Mm -hmm. Um, And in 1157, she had her thought... Third son. Third son. Third son, Henry. <laughs> Henry. She had her third son, Henry. <laughs> Nathan can't talk right in now. In 1157. And they named him Richard. And she was, he was her favorite child, which is weird that we're just all open about. Like back then, there was no problem with being like, oh yeah, that's Richard. He's my favorite. <laughs> all these other ones. I, I could give two shits about. Yeah. yeah. No, fuck them. Um, secondly, as we mentioned, Henry just was so restless and couldn't sit still. So they were always on the go, visiting their friends, their subjects, everybody around. The people of England loved Henry. Henry. (laughs) The people of England loved Henry for bringing peace. Like, he brought the people together. And he didn't want the people of England to forget it. So he made sure to go to every county, every town, whenever he could... 
to to show face. Face, face, face. Because you know, like when you forget about somebody, they you might be like, mm, "What does he do for me?" But whenever he shows up and makes sure the lords of the land aren't like withholding bread or whatever, because <laughs> there was still um, it was still surfs up at this point. There were still surfs. <laughs> That's a callback to our um, uh, Elizabeth Bathory episode. Elizabeth Bathory episode surfs up, but um, <laughs> there were still surfs in England of the t- at the time, and he what? That's I think Henry was, for the most part, a good king. Shitty husband in the end, but good king. Um, Because he was making sure that lords of the land were paying and feeding their serfs fairly. So anyway, they were always on the go, traveling around England, making sure they were on a tight ship. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, but it wasn't just in England. The people of Aquitaine and Poitiers loved Ellie mm-hmm. just as much as they loved Henry for loving them. Because <laughs> we didn't get enough love in our childhoods. That's <laughs> kinghood, kids. Kids. <laughs> <laughs> And they, like, tolerated Henry because they loved Ellie, basically. Yeah. So they did make a lot of trips to their holdings in France to show face for the same reason to mm-hmm. remind everyone, Marie, y'all love us. We are so popular. <laughs> um, though Henry was technically the ruler of Eleanor's lands, he did. He didn't really take a hands-on approach to ruling Aquitaine and Poitiers and like you know her lands. And he just was like, "You do you, and if you need backup, come to me." And she never did. She never had to because there was. I mean, the people in Aquitaine were a um, rowdy bunch, but they never really revolted against her or anything. No, so. no. So, so she did rule those lands pretty autonomously for a really long time. Yeah, he was like, I really don't get your people. They don't get me. I just really want that ka-ching, ka-ching. Come to me if you have problems. Yeah, exactly. And she did that for a really long time. Yeah. And then, guess what? Another baby on the way. Another son named Jeffrey. Because, again, not really invented not with names. Not with the names. So if you're counting, that is five children in six years. Her break. poor fucking uterus. Um, you know what? Let's just knock out all the babies and babies yeah. and babies. So in 1162, Eleanor... Eleanor gives birth to her second daughter with Henry, who they named Eleanor. Uh, (laughs) Oh, my God. In 1165, their daughter Joan was born. So the births are starting to slow down a little bit. And then in 1166, their last son, John, was born. And it appears he was born in France and spent his first few months maybe years at a convent. So I think she was thinking, um, 
all right, we've only got so many sons. Yeah. One of them is going to have to go live his monk life. One of them is going to have to be a monk or a priest or something because we're not going to have lands for all these sons. But then no. sadly, one of their sons did die. Oh, their oldest, William, did die. Wah, wah, but I mean, I know that's that's sad. Um, and who knows? Maybe if he, their eldest son, William, would have lived, he would have changed the course of the shit show that happens later. But he did not. <laughs> but in the grand scheme of things, like most medieval women lose half of their children. Yeah. She's had, she's given birth to 10 kids and all of them except one live to adulthood. So that's, yeah, that's really dank. <laughs> yeah. Did you say dank? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, you dank. said it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, John later in life was called John Lackland as his nickname because they didn't have any land to give him because not only were medieval people not creative with regular names, they were also not creative with nicknames. <laughs> <laughs> so the king and queen must have really got along, right? Um, negative. Oh, fuck. They had huge fucking fights. They they were like oil and vinegar. Yeah. You know? They, they were not like peas and carrots, Jenny. No. <laughs> they were... I... Oh, we should look up... Well, I guess we don't know Eleanor's month of birth because I was going to be like I feel like they must be two fire signs or something yeah, like something that. Something where they fuel each other um, in a negative way. Henry was never faithful and I don't think Ellie expected him to be faithful yeah. nor do I think that she cared because this wasn't a love match. It was it was a huge business transaction. Yeah. And I'm sure if you're pregnant for like a hundred months out of your whole relationship and yeah. being dragged around the fucking countryside and you hear rumors that, oh, your husband might be hooking up with somebody, you're, you you're probably going to start a fight. Yeah, you might be a little pissed. Like, whereas you might not usually care, you might just not be in the prime state of mind and you're going to start a fight. Yeah. So, so they, they fought a lot. Yeah. Like and cats and dogs. A lot. Yeah, I bet the makeup sex was pretty hot, though. You know, I, I'm guessing from, like, the ten children or eight <laughs> children or whatever, they, I think they, they boned a lot, they fought a lot, they boned a lot, they partied together. It was a very... Kurt Cobain and Courtney Love. <laughs> I don't know anything about their relationship. <laughs> but probably. Sure. <laughs> so they did raise at least one of his 11 or so bastards at the palace, which is... Pretty fucking progressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, they must have had some kind of chemistry and trust, obviously. Yeah, because they, again, they were great business partners. Mm-hmm. But I don't think in any way, shape, or form was this a love match. No. At all. No. So Eleanor, as a mother, you wouldn't call her super hands-on. No, she was totally fine with having the tutors and the maids and the nannies. Raising all the kids, you know, that was and, customary. And at the time, yeah, at the time for royal children, that wasn't, that was completely the norm. It was weird if you raised your own kids. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she hired the best people anyway, but she was too busy being on the road, pregnant, and <laughs> being too hands-on. She couldn't be too she hands-on. Couldn't be. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't, when I think of her, and maybe this is because... At times in history, she has been viewed in a negative light. Um, so maybe I'm letting that bias me a little bit, but I just don't picture her as a maternal figure. Yeah. And I don't think she would be mad at me. You for mean that. powerful women get painted out to be bitches? Keska say? <laughs> Have you been listening to our own <laughs> podcast, Katie? <laughs> 
So I also read that Eleanor and Henry spoiled their kids, and that's why they turned out to be dicks. And I think, my theory is, after the first one died, they were probably devastated, because that was their heir. Yeah, that was the primary heir. And then after that, it was like, when the nannies were like, Henry wants a new horse. And they were just like, fuck it, life's short. We have more money than God. Get him a new horse. You know, or like... did John lack land, not lack land anymore? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we'll get to that in part three. But... So, okay. Ellie is like, I am done having kids. My vagina is over this shit. Henry, do you mind if we just stop this shit? Henry? Hello? Hello? Wait, where's Henry? What? What? Well, well <laughs> Henry gave zero fucks about she what she wanted. Because he was an L-O-V-E. And unfortunately, it was not with her, obviously. Um, she, he had a new boo named Rosamond. Rosamond Clifford. Yep. And, um, which means the rose of the world in Ooh, Latin. What I went a, down a little bit of a rabbit hole. What a bougie bitch. Um, he and, had plenty of flings. Yeah, well, we had already talked about he was a player. But this is the only one... This was different. Yeah, he wasn't being secretive about it. He was in love. Like, actual love. Yeah, and again, she didn't, she didn't, Eleanor didn't mind him having a side chick, but him flaunting it around to deliberately disrespect her. It yeah. Oh my gosh, that would piss me off. So he's like, hey, how about, like, I get out of your hair? Like, how about you stay here and you keep England rocking? I'll go back to Aquitaine, Poitiers. I'll keep my holdings rocking. And um, you know what? I want our son Richard to inherit Aquitaine after me. So why don't I bring him over there and start, like, training him? Show him the ropes. Show him the ropes. And Henry's like, yes, please. Please go. to France with no intention of ever returning. Please and thank you. Um, also, maybe they just got on each other's fucking nerves at this point. Yeah, they were, they had, there was no reason for them. They had such, at this point in time, their holdings were actually referred to as the Angevin Empire. Because Mm. like I said, it went from Ireland to Southern France. Like, that's a lot. It's a lot. So, it kind of made sense to have one of them in one place and one of them in the other. Yeah. And they weren't going to be making any more babies. They'd done that and then some. There was no reason for them to be together anymore. No, exactly. It, it was a... Their marriage from day one has been a business transaction. Yeah. They were just making the best choice for business. And also, I think they were sick of each other. Yeah. And so basically <laughs> at this point, they're all but officially separated, living separate lives. And Henry does officially escort her back to Aquitaine personally, which is a big, you know, that's nice of him oh, to yeah. at least do. Because they wanted to make a big show of it. Yeah. And then eventually whenever she gets to Aquitaine with Henry, she's basically like, uh, boy, bye. And he's like, bye. <laughs> Um, so the split at this time was a friendly one, except pretty much right away, um, the people in Eleanor's holdings, like the people in Aquitaine, all her counts and lords and knights and stuff were like, you know, like we don't need that guy. Yeah. Like you should like try to get, cause she still, because history being a bag of dicks was ruling, uh, like in 
With his permission. Yeah. Because he was the Duke of Aquitaine because they were married. And they were all like, you should try to gain more autonomy. And she's like, it's fine. He's not going to bother us. It's fine. And they're like, bitch, um, he doesn't deserve you. You the best, girl. And she was like, no, stop. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, you should try to, like, annex these lands from him. Because, bitch, we don't like him anyway. And so she is not trying to start a war or anything. So she's like, I... I... I hear you, I respect what you're saying, but let's just keep things how they are, separate and peaceful, you know? Yeah. And in the late 1160s, their eldest son, Henry, started acting up like a spoiled brat. He's Um, like, um, 16, 17, and he's just bored. He's done with his schooling, um, there's just nothing to occupy his mind, and so he just kind of, like... Start starting shit with his dad, you know? And so Ellie's like, well, okay, let's do like the French do. Let's crown him the junior king, a.k.a. JK, um, and JK. <laughs> give, give him some, like, you know, those unimportant tasks just to make him Something feel... Something to keep him busy. Yeah, let's make him feel like he has some big dick energy. And Henry is like, you know what? I have this fantastic idea. Why don't we crown Henry as junior king and have like this big party and like celebration and it'll like make him feel like he has something to do. And then Ellie's over in the corner going, yeah, great idea, honey. And so then Eleanor packs up and heads to England for her eldest son's coronation. And honestly, naming Henry as junior king was a super popular PR move. He had this big ceremony. He was crowned in front of his parents. And he to was the anointed. And to the people of England, it signified, you know, the next generation coming up. There's Without no fight. fighting. Yeah. There's no wars. We don't have to worry about who's going to inherit the crown. It was just this huge party. It and was... we all know everybody in England loves a lit party, fam. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the young King Henry was basically a frat boy. Yeah. He loved to party, he loved to drink, he loved women, he loved jousting. So guess what was involved in the party? Women, drinking, feasting, jousting. And uh, the country of England was like, we love all of those things. Fantastic. Um, Also, uh, the young King Henry was married to Margaret of France. And Margaret of France was Louis' daughter from his second marriage. This fucking family. Yeah. So the the husband and wife shared half-sisters. Wackadoo. Wackadoo. <laughs> so everything, I mean, for the most part, seems pretty copacetic for having these weird li- lineage lineups or yeah. whatever. Um, for a couple months. Until... until you want to tell it? Or should I tell you, it? You should? I'll tell it. <laughs> Henry kind of accidentally has his best friend slash mortal enemy, his frenemy, <laughs> killed. We don't really have time to go into this in the main episode, but uh, it's it's about Thomas Beckett. And we're gonna we'll- do our page. We're gonna do a Patreon episode yes. that dives deeper into the life and um, murder of Thomas Beckett. But just like to put it in context, Henry had made his very best friend Archbishop of Canterbury, which is a huge yeah. Fucking that deal. is like a huge title. Like, um, were we in the same English class in high school? Did you have to read the Canterbury Tales? Yes. Oh, God, they were fucking boring to a 16-year-old. <laughs> I mean, now I might find it interesting, yeah. but at 16, I was like, what the fuck is this shit? The Canterbury Tales is about people 
on pilgrimage to go visit Thomas Beckett's shrine. And he was incredibly popular. And Henry thought, oh, making my BFF the Archbishop uh, Archbishop of Canterbury, he's going to do, he's going to be in my pocket. Yeah. He's going to do whatever I tell him to do. But Thomas Beckett had this thing called a conscience. (laughs) And he actually took his assignment very seriously. And he didn't just do whatever Henry did. So this caused a big rift in their relationship. And Henry may or may not have been, like, probably drunk and muttered something about how cool it would be if, you know, Thomas Beckett were just to drop off the face of the earth. If he happened to be dead, that would make my life so much easier. Some of his knights that were, like, in earshot when he, like, muttered this were like, say no more, boss. And he was like, what? And they're like... Nothing. We got this. So the archbishop was brutally fucking murdered. It's disgusting. Like, um, if you have a sensitive stomach, do not look into how Thomas Beckett was murdered. He was, and it was gross, and it was a PR fucking nightmare for the royal family. Yeah, Henry was officially now the biggest villain in all of Christendom. Like it was bad. Beckett becomes a martyr, and Henry is like, he re- for the rest of Henry's life, he repents. And I actually think it's kind of sad. Um, this king that came in and had the back of the serfs and ha- um, put in, like, trial by jury and everything. But literally, if you go and research Henry II of England... The most prominent story you're going to read about is the death of Thomas St. Thomas Beckett. Yep. Because he was made a fucking saint. He was canonized. Yep. So I think it's kind of sad that that's what he was reduced to, and that's his legacy. So Ellie is like, ooh, boy, I need to distance myself from this shit. She's like, I'm going to head back to Aquitaine. So- she does that thing where you walk out slowly backwards out of the room. <laughs> She's like, like I think on. <laughs> Back in Aquitaine. Bye, guys. Uh, bye. <laughs> Distance myself from this saint murderer over here. <laughs> and he's like, "Do you, babe? Do you need me to escort you back?" And he, she's like, "No, I got. I'm good." Yeah, yeah. I just left my oven on. I got this. I'm good. So, okay. The court of love in a Poitiers. <sighs> so the story uh, goes that um, her court that she set up back in Aquitaine. Um, basically she leaned real hard into like this, um, concept of like courtly love and it's like trying to set up a new Camelot. Yeah, basically. And everyone must follow the rules of chivalry. Uh, men have to be brave and kind. Women need to be beautiful and chaste. And everything is art, music, poetry. I'm just imagining troubadours everywhere and everyone dressed in beautiful clothing and i don't fucking know there's like ladies and towers and knights fighting dragons or something i'm hoping it's like dogs dressed up as dragons (laughs) yeah (laughs) um she wanted to be like the most distinguished popular court in europe god damn it and they would also hear cases of love like an actual court court like, it's said that Eleanor and her daughter Marie from her first marriage and some other noble ladies would hear grievances that were brought before them. So, for instance, if two men 
both found that they were in love with the same lady, you know, love triangle. Mm -hmm. Um, Eleanor would decide which man was more worthy of the woman. If a lady was scorned by an ex-lover, the court would, like, decide the punishment or lack thereof or, you know, whatever he needed to do to make it right. Yeah, the case of love within a marriage was said to be brought to Eleanor, and then she would just rule that it actually could never exist. In a marriage, which, I mean, she never experienced it. Yeah, she never had love in a marriage, and that's why we don't have enough love in our childhood. And that's show business, kid. Okay, sorry. Uh, That is the second reference to Chicago. And the third (laughs) musical reference in this episode. Uh, Have you met us? (laughs) Super gay. So Um, I didn't think this court of love existed either. I I, I mean... Do I think Eleanor tried to promote chivalry and present her present herself as like this elevated queen? Absolutely, yeah, she did. That sounds a hundred percent on brand. Yeah, but I don't think that Eleanor would have spent a hundred percent of her time dealing with all of this dramatic bullshit. She also had to deal with like taxes and like actual like inheritance grievances and like murder you know like yeah life went on she didn't get there and then suddenly become Camelot. so i think me and katie are in agreements that this court of love was a wee bit exaggerated but also i don't think eleanor did anything to stop the reputation of the court of love like nope. she was just like yeah that sounds fancy as fuck i'm fancy as fuck Sure. Let's do this. That's totally what's going on over here. Also, all of these stories of courtly love include her eldest daughter, Marie, being there. And Marie was married to a really important count at the time. And there's really no record of his wife just being like... Absent poof, from him. Gone. Yeah. And during this time, she was like having kids and stuff. And I'm pretty sure it's on record of her being at home. Yeah. Having the babies. Yeah. So, um, they probably didn't reunite like all these stories say, which makes me sad. Yeah. So things are going pretty well for Eleanor at the time until they go really bad. So she's got all these sons, right? And that's, that's what a queen was supposed to do. And as a queen, she had one fucking job and she did it fucking well. Four healthy living sons. Yeah. But the thing is that when you have all these boys, sometimes they fight with each other <laughs> about who will inherit what. And in Eleanor's case, they had done pretty good at assigning most of their sons a good chunk of land. But she still had these entitled four spoiled little sons of bitches. <laughs> and they wanted more. More land. More power. More titles. More money. More money. More problems. So Not she, in their eyes. <laughs> yeah, right. So she has her son Richard living with her in Aquitaine, like we mentioned. And she was doing her best to show him how to rule. As, you know, he wouldn't end up inheriting all of her titles. She gave him real responsibilities. Stuff to fucking do. Money to do it with. And that's the, that's the point to drive home. She actually gave him money to do it with. Yes. And, um, Henry back home in England didn't want to give young Henry any money. Ugh. Okay. Let's just call young Henry young Hank. Young Hank. So, um, young Hank. Well, no, but, okay. <laughs> King Henry was really fucking stubborn. And he was like, no, I'm not giving him any actually any actual power. I'm definitely not giving him any money. He's a dumb kid. He's going to spend it all on jousting and whores, which is accurate. But Eleanor <laughs> is like, well, yeah, but 
everyone is talking about all this shit he's talking and you need to give him something to do and the resources to do it with or the, the shit he's talking gonna turn into like the shit he's doing. Yeah. And young King Hank was so popular. Like he looked more like his grandfather, um, Jeffrey of Anjou. Young, handsome. He was super hot. And he was super charismatic. Loved to party, but was kind of in debt a little bit. He was in debt from all his part. And also, he kind of had his own, like, junior court, but he didn't have any money to pay his courtiers. Yeah. So when you think about, like, you hear, like, someone being a lady-in-waiting or something like that, and it's like, the king and queen had pay these people you yeah they weren't just i mean they were there for the connections and stuff like that but you still had to pay them Mm -hmm. and so and he had a wife and so she had lady in waiting he had like guards and stuff but they had no money to pay them with so of course they were getting antsy and pissed off yeah and eleanor's like from afar trying to give him advice but henry was straight up ignoring all of it and that pissed her the fuck off oh yeah she was also raising a son who wasn't talking about revolting because she gave him tasks and money to do it with. Made him feel important. Yeah. And Eleanor's just there stewing, just being like, why does he think he knows everything? I'm the one raising a son to rule who isn't like acting like a total fucking douchebag on the national stage. I'm not the one who's embarrassed our family by having the whole world's population, everybody's favorite fucking archbishop, goddamn murdered in this yeah. brutal way. Yeah. I'm not the one who has everyone in the whole of Europe gossiping about my lovers and acting indecent, flaunting my mistresses all around like he has another wife. And Then there was talk. That Henry wanted to have his marriage to Eleanor annulled. Because, again, they're super close cousins. But the only reason he never put any steps towards it is because he would lose all of Eleanor's land. What a fucking douche. And, okay, let's talk about um, Rosamund Clifford real quick. I don't want to do... I don't want to talk about her much. Just with the same with Catherine of Aragon. I didn't want to talk about Anne Boleyn too much. Because they would be rolling in their grave. They would be super pissed at me. But I feel like <laughs> it is important just to, like, briefly cover her. Yeah. If you have heard that Eleanor did what she's about to do solely because of her jealousy of Rosamond, you've got fake news. Fake news. She didn't give a fuck if Henry had a mistress. It probably irked her that he publicly had a mistress, but not enough to make her go mad queen on him. Yeah, so there's a fable that Eleanor found Rosamond in a in a maze and gave her the choice of a dagger or poison. <sighs> I don't think we have to tell you. This is completely made up. Right, it's so fucking stupid and totally impossible since Eleanor has quite a good alibi at the time for where she was when Rosamond died in 1176. Which we'll get to in Eleanor's third episode. No. What we think was pissed Eleanor off about Rosamond is when she heard that Henry would annul their fucking marriage, but he wanted to keep all of her lands. And she's like, those are my fucking lands. And like, somebody did even come to her, like, they never had anybody like come to her in an official way being like, the king wants you to retire to a nunnery. No, she heard it from someone. She heard, heard it, it through the grapevine. And that's what Henry wanted her to hear it. That's the way Henry wanted her to hear it. It's like, 
Henry would really like it if you retired to a nunnery. Because if she took the veil, as it's called, becoming a nun, her lands would just be forfeited to him. Oh my gosh, I would be so pissed if I was her. You know what it makes me think of? Um, And if you're not a Game of Thrones listener or watcher, then you're not going to get this. This is also a deep cut. But what it kept making me think of is, you know, I think it was like the third to last episode of Game of Thrones. When they showed the previously on Game of Thrones, they do like this thing where it's just Danny's face and she's just looking mad. And then you just hear all these clips from other like, oh, yeah, you know, whenever it's building up to her becoming the mad queen and she's thinking about. They killed my best friend. They killed two of my dragons. They did this. They in like that's what I pictured Eleanor just going through, just being all like, the things adding up to make her piss. to make her just fucking snap. Yas, queen, and and she's like sitting there being like, maybe my lords are right. Maybe I could do better without him. Maybe I could revolt and annex against his ass. Yeah, maybe Who I... Who do you think he is? I've got just as much land holding as Yeah, maybe I can rule in autonomy. Like, fuck you. And I feel like she was just sitting there being like, Dear God, give me a sign. What do I do? Do I revolt? Do I lay low? What do I do? And then her spoiled ass eldest son, young King Hank, rocks up with his little army and is like, Hey, Mom, want to help me revolt against Dad? Jesus and his saints were no longer sleeping. <laughs> and she was like, uh, bitch, I might. <laughs> and I think that's a good place to pause it for Eleanor this Ooh, time. Leave him on a cliffhanger. Cheers. Cheers to Eleanor Vakotain Part 2. Oh, my God. What a life this woman lived. Love Mom. you guys. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too. And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life. Yes, yes. (laughs) Thanks Thanks. for listening, bitches. Cheers, bitches. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.